we are in the middle of a series called Fresh Fire, and, um, and so we're on week three, and so what we've been doing is, is following different characters, different people uh, in the Bible, different heroes of the faith, and, and watched what God did through the symbol of fire in their life. And, and what's interesting is, is it's uh, throughout the Bible, you think uh, of, of like hellfire and brimstone is about the only time that fire is mentioned from the pulpit, you know, and, um, and so we think fire is bad and, and we don't want to talk about fire, but there's a benefit of fire that, um, that God continually uses through Scripture. And so we've looked at how David cried out to the Lord, and we've been using that song, uh, Fresh Fire from the Belonging Company, uh, to guide us through this series. But uh, David, and he, he calls out to God and says, search my heart. Uh, find any way that's in me. And, and essentially, he asked for fire to purify him. And, and, so, and, to lead, and he asked God to lead him uh, in ways uh, everlasting. And so he's asking God to purify him and clean his heart. And then he follows the Lord. Uh, we see Elijah call fire from heaven. And, and we see the supernatural provision of the Lord in his life and, and um, in his ministry. And so today, we are going to look at uh, Moses. And Moses is probably the most prominent uh, person in the Old Testament. Um, we, we have Father Abraham, but Moses was uh, Moses, was Moses right? Um, uh, he, he's uh, uh, written five books. The, the first five books of the Bible were written by Moses. He was, he was the man, right? He freed um, uh, Israel from captivity. God used him to do that. And so he was the man, but Moses was called and then later led by fire. And so the second verse of, and if you can follow along on the Bible app, if you, if you uh, don't have it, you can scan the QR code in the seat back in front of you and, um, and tap Bible and it'll pull up the notes for you. Um, if you're online, you can, you can do that as well. You can follow along on the Bible app, follow the notes. But we're going to pull up the, the second verse of the song. And it says, lead me, guide me, let, my, let each step I take fall on paths of grace. Where your word is, there my heart is. Come consume me now, come consume me now. There's about 57 psalms that, that's uh, alluding to. Um, we're probably not going to get to any of them, but we're going to follow the life of Moses and, um, and see what God does in his life. Exodus chapter 3, we'll begin in verse 1. Exodus chapter 3. Verse 1. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he was, led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned? When the Lord... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out, to, out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Moses, in this moment is called by God. 
If you don't know the story of Moses, Pharaoh, they were all, uh, all the Israelites were held captive in Egypt. Uh, Pharaoh commanded that all of the uh, baby boys, uh, he was committing genocide, that all of the, uh, the, the babies were going to be uh, killed, drowned in the river, but Moses was placed in a basket, uh, floated down, you've heard the story, um, floated down uh, Pharaoh's household, picked the basket out of the water, and um, Moses was saved. Moses grows up, he gets angry because he sees an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite, and he kills this man. Moses gets scared because he, uh, he acted on his own accord. He didn't wait on the Lord to call him, but he tried to make uh, this happen on his own, and he's afraid because people know that he's uh, killed this man, and he's afraid that he's going to die himself, and so he flees. How, how old do you believe Moses was when he was called uh, by the burning bush? Anybody know? Any Bible scholars out there that are willing to talk? No? Nobody? 80. 80 years old. Anybody guess that? No. All right. So when I say that Moses was called, uh, he was called when he was 80. He, he lived to be 120. Uh, so that's a little older than we are used to living. So if we put that on the timeline of our lifespan, if we say we live a uh, hundred years or, or even 90 years, then, then, then we're looking at 65. And so some of you have, have decided because you've reached a certain age since you've retired that you can no longer hear from the Lord. None of this is in my notes, but the Lord, I, I want you to know that you aren't too old. You're not disqualified uh, because of your age. In fact, God wants to call you this morning to something more. He wants to speak to your life once again. And, and there's a fresh fire in this room, and all you have to do is turn and to see it and to look at it and, and, and respond to it. Moses could have saw the burning bush and kept walking, but, but he allowed the voice of the Lord to speak to him through this burning bush. And, and what's interesting is the fire rested on this bush, but it didn't consume it. And that is a picture of what happens uh, in the early church in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit rests on the disciples as fire, but it doesn't consume them. In fact, it empowers them. It calls them to do something more. And in the same way Moses is called to do something, uh, the disciples of Jesus are called and empowered to communicate something and to do something. And, and that translates to you and I. Now, 2,000-something years after that, we can still experience the Holy Spirit's power in our lives, and He can direct us to do something more. God is still calling today, and He wants to call you, regardless of your age, your background, your history, if you've murdered someone in the deserts of Egypt, God still wants to call you. And so he sets aside Moses, and he calls him through the burning bush. And, and, um, and as Jesus has commanded his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, we are a result of that. His disciples went out and made disciples and made disciples and made disciples, and eventually somebody shared the gospel with you. And with me, 
And now our responsibility is to continue to make disciples. And if we allow that to stop with us, then we've, we've done a disservice to the generations of disciples that have come to you. Don't allow the gospel to stop with you. Don't be content with sitting in a chair on a Sunday morning and not sharing the gospel and not continuing to further the kingdom of God. We have to rise up and be willing to make disciples who make disciples. And we can't be consumers of the gospel without being uh, people that make disciples. But the spirit and the fire that rested on the early church, I believe God wants that same fire in our bones to rest on us and to call us to do something more. Moses is called to go and set the Israelites free from captivity. Um, and, And we, you are called to go and set people free from their sin. And, and you can't do that, and I can't do that. Only Jesus can do that. And so you are called to go and introduce people to Jesus and to invite them into the story of the kingdom. Not only are you called to set people free from their sin, but you're called to set them free from their shame. I think we, we have a reputation as the church to be Bible-bashing, Bible-beating. You know, We take the Bible and we say, you should do this and you should do that. And we're so quick to point out their sin, but we're not as quick as we should be about saying, hey, God has set you free from your shame and your guilt, and there's no condemnation in Jesus, and there's a better way. I'm not trying to point out your sin to shame you. I'm trying to show you that there's a better way, that there's a healthier way to live, that there, you know, you're, you're not going to ch- uh, convince someone to change their diet by just continually bashing them about their weight, right? Um, but for some reason, us Christians think that we can get on the, the news channel and start talking about the, this side of politics or that side of and, and we think that that's going to somehow save their souls. We have to be strategic about how we, we go about helping people. And, and it's never about shame. It's always about grace and Jesus. Verse 10, chapter 3, verse 10 says, Come, and I will send you to Pharaoh. And you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. He said, but, but I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. My first point this morning is don't allow your own insecurities to limit what God can do in your life. You may say, well, who, who am I to tell people about Jesus? I'm not a pastor. I'm not a missionary. I, and who am I? But you forget the fact that the Lord is with you, that God is with you as much as he's with anyone else, that the Lord wants to use you. And, and too quick, we're too quick to uh, allow our own insecurities about who we are to dictate what God can do. And I want to encourage you. I want you to be encouraged this morning that God can use you. God wants to use you. Regardless of of who you are, who you think you are, God can and wants to use you in power. But we have to be uh, allow God, and we have to be aware that God is with us. When we lose sight that God is with us, 
then, then, then we, we have this impression that it's up, up to us and our abilities and, and whether we do it in the perfect way or whether we say the right things or whether we, uh, you know, and, and we get in our own heads and we, and we miss the opportunity that God has for us. And some of you have talked yourselves out of, much like this morning when, when I had a word from the Lord and I was talking myself out of sharing that, many of you might be in that same boat where you've, you've just allowed your own insecurities, maybe not to prevent, but to delay. And then over time, you just, well, I can't share the gospel with my neighbor now. I've lived next to them for 20 years. And, you know, and, and so it'd be weird if I went now. Why would I go now? I've been a Christian for those 20 years. Why? And they're going to ask me, why haven't you shared now? You know, and we get in our head instead of just doing it. Just tell them, hey, I got fired up at church on Sunday, and I realized that I should have done this a long time ago, and, you know, there's your excuse. Blame it on me. Um, But don't allow your own insecurities to limit what God can do in your life. He wants to empower you. And and Moses is is talking to a burning bush, and yet he's saying, who am I? You know, and and so even when we see God working supernaturally, um, we forget that he wants to, he can do that same thing in us. Verse 13 says, uh, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? This is a whole sermon right here, but this is good. Uh, But God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord of the God of your fathers, catch this, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. There's a couple things that I want to point out. First of all, God says I am. Uh, God God means he's present. There's no beginning. There's no end. He's always I am. There's no I was, there's no I will be, there's I'm here now, I'm present. God is present. You need to understand that God wants to be in your life now. Not uh, You didn't miss the opportunity, you don't have to wait on an opportunity, God is I am. And also, he points out that he's the God of, he's not just the God of Abraham, he's not just the God of Isaac, but he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, meaning that he's a God of, he's a multi-generational God. He cares about your children and your children's children. That he doesn't want the gospel to stop with you, but he wants to continue to use you to make disciples, not just with your biological children, but with the next generation. Uh, God is concerned about the next generation, maybe more than you even realize. God wants to use you to reach the next generation. And too often we label millennials and Gen Z and we label they're a lost cause. Um, uh, and, and I want you to know that I'm a millennial. Confession. And so um, I, I have a heart for the next generation generation and and I still hear boomers talking about how millennials are lazy and and uh you know and and I'm like well we're 30 and we've got kids and we're tired okay so um you know they still um and and now there's there's even a generation after Gen Z and we're still studying them and trying to figure out what what they're doing um but but too often we're we're too concerned about labeling and and painting with these broad strokes when God wants to use you to make a disciple. So I would encourage you to find somebody that's younger than you 
and light a fire in their bones and, and, and show them that God wants to use you. And so God, uh, Moses is used by God to introduce people to himself. And so he's saying, hey, God, God says, I am. He, he is. Uh, and they still call him that, you know, and we still call him that. And that's a whole different sermon. But, but God, um, God is I am. He's present. Uh, I think I put it in a point. Uh, God is present and he's focused on the next generation. Uh, he, he's not just concerned about your generation. He's not just concerned about my generation, but he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he wants every generation. And he even says, he says in, in, uh, in that last verse, this is my name forever, and thus I will be remembered throughout all generations. That's his focus from the beginning. This is Exodus chapter 3, the second book of the Bible, and God's speaking about all generations, and I want to be remembered, and I and, and so God wants us to continue to reach the next generation and to show them the fire. Um, Exodus chapter 13, if we jump ahead, so all the, the, the plagues happen. Um, Moses says, let my people go a bunch of times, 10 times, and, and Pharaoh finally lets them go, and we're going to skip all of that. And, and so uh, chapter 13, and the Lord went before them, by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, and that they might travel by day and by night, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from them, uh, did not depart before the people. So uh, the next thing is he's led by fire. Not only is he called by fire, but he's led by a pillar of fire through the desert. And, and as Moses is following the pillar of fire, the people of Israel are following Moses. And, and they're all following God together. And Moses is leading this congregation through the wilderness. And they're, they're going through the wilderness. And, and I, I want to point out to be called by fire is one thing. We get excited. We get baptized. We're fired up. Uh, we're ready to go to be led by fire is something else. To walk and to trust the Lord through the wilderness is, is a different kind of challenge. And I want to encourage you new believers that being a Christian isn't a label that we simply receive when we pray a prayer. It's a daily, lifelong commitment. It's the difference between falling in love and staying in a committed marriage for life. It's, it's a daily decision. It's a daily Walk And my question to all of you is, are you walking in the direction that God is leading you? Yes, we were all called by fire. Those of us who have uh, professed Jesus as Lord, if we've confessed Jesus as Lord, if we believe that God raised him from the dead, uh, the Bible says that we are saved, that we uh, have salvation, that we get to go to heaven, and we have that calling, and we have, hopefully you've experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks, but hopefully you've received from the Holy Spirit, and you're being led by God, and now you have a decision to make. Are you going to continue walking and the direction that the Lord is leading you. Are you being led by fire this morning? Exodus chapter 40. <clears throat> this is at the end. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a broad picture of Moses' life. So he's um, led them to the, uh, 
this place, they've built a tabernacle for the Lord, a tent of meeting. And so they've, they've built the, the Ark of the Covenant, if you've seen uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, that's not historically accurate, uh, but at least you know what it looks like. It's pretty accurate as far as how it looks. Um, but the Lord's presence, that was the Holy of Holies, God's presence was contained within that Ark of the Covenant. Um, and, and eventually Jesus came and uh, gave us all access to God uh, through tearing the veil. And, and um, because he died on the cross, we have access to that. And so there's no search for the Ark of the Covenant. We don't have to find the special power, but it's available to all of us. Jesus paid the price, and we get the fire. And, and God wants to use us to continue to shine his light around the world. Exodus chapter 40, verse 34. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out till the day it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. I, I want us to understand this concept that if, if God is here, then I'm here. When God moves, I move. Where the fire goes, then I go. If God isn't finished yet, then I'm not finished yet. They didn't move. If God was in the place, if, if there was a presence of the Lord, and I know he's omnipresent, he's everywhere, and God has given, Jesus has given us access, but there's this special uh, manifestation of the Lord's presence as we praise his name. He inhabits the praise of his people. Um, he, is, he is present in a way that, um, that isn't, isn't uh, it aligns our perspective with reality is what happens when we praise him and we worship him. And so during those times when we're focused on his presence, when we're worshiping him, when we're aware of his presence, it's always there, but sometimes we're acutely aware of it and he just rests in a place. And too quickly, we move on from that. In our busy society, um, I, I've got a clock on the wall, and I'm concerned about getting you out of here, and, and we don't even have a service after this one, right? Like, you know, we had multiple services, and we've got reasons, but now it's just, you know, the, and, and I still feel that pressure. And I, I, I don't have an extended altar call on Sunday morning because I'm worried about people stopping to, uh, coming to church because church is too long. And I have those societal pressures on me and as a pastor, and, and I, I just want us to get to the point. I'm, I'm not a long-winded person. I don't like talking in general. I just want the presence of the Lord. And, and when we get to a place where God does show up, as we're calling on God to show up, as we're seeking the miracles of the Lord, I want us to just be able to put off launch plans and to just rest in His presence. And I don't think that as long as we're not willing to do that, I don't know that God will show up in the way that he wants to show up in our lives. But we have to have the heart of Moses that says, Lord, if you're not going, I'm not going. If, you don't, if, you don't, if you're still here, I'm, I'm still here. 
and I'm going to receive from you until you direct me elsewhere. I, I'm led by you, and, and I'm walking in step with your spirit. And if you tell me to go and talk to that person and pray for that person, I'm going to do so. And if, I, if, I have, if I'm prompted in Walmart to go and, and, and talk to someone about you, I'm going to do so because I'm led by fire. I'm, I'm led by your spirit. I'm, I'm not led by my own desire. In fact, confessing Jesus is Lord is saying, you're the boss, you're the authority. I do what you call me to do. And he's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us a voice inside of us. He's, he speaks to us in the same way that he spoke to Moses, and he directs us today. And, and we have to be sensitive to that voice and sensitive to his presence and say, God, what, what do you want? And if we just wake up every morning and say, God, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to talk to? Who do you want me to share um, uh, about you? Who, who do you want me to share the gospel with? Who, who do you want me to be compassionate to? And if we just humbly ask the Lord to, to direct our paths, I promise you that you'll be set on an adventure that you've never experienced before, that you'll experience more joy in your life than you've ever experienced in your life if you allow God to direct your path. Because he's our shepherd, and, and if we don't follow him, then we're just wandering around lost. But if we follow him, he will lead us and guide us and direct us, and he wants, um, uh, he wants what's best for you even more so than you do. And, and we see uh, this, this profession from Moses in, in verse 14. He said, uh, God says, my, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight and and I sh- and your people, it is not in your going with us so that we are distinct. And I and your people, for every other people on the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, please show me your glory. I'm going to ask the musician to come, and this is my last point. Uh, Moses was defined by fire. He was willing to do uh, what I mentioned, and this is actually in verse, uh, this is actually, I, I failed to mention, this is in chapter 33. And so in chapter 40, the tabernacle's there, his presence is there, but that, that started back in chapter 33 on, on the mountain where, where Moses is saying, uh, if your presence will not go with me, don't, don't take me away from your presence. I'm not going to go if you don't go. I, I don't, I'm not going to do anything on my own accord. I'm just going to go where you lead me. And the Lord wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He wants to direct us. And Moses' life was defined by the fire of the Lord. If you saw the fire of the Lord, that's where Moses was. Moses was never anywhere where there wasn't fire because he was led by the fire of the Lord. He was led by the Spirit of the Lord. He continually stepped with the Spirit. It was either the cloud by day or the fire by night, but where God's presence was, that's where Moses was. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a person that that's, people say, if, if you find Dakota, wherever he is, the presence of the Lord is going to be with him. I, I, if you just find 
If you find Kevin, wherever he is, that's where the presence of the Lord is. And so, you know those people that you just get in the presence of and, and they just have this, this overflow of Jesus. And, and you can just see it in their eyes that they're just different. It's because they're being led by fire and, and they're being in step with the Spirit. And that life is available to each and every one of us. We can, le- we can be led by fire and it requires us to pick up and go. We might have to cut off some things that, that aren't of God. I always ask myself, what, what is in my life that's hindering me from worshiping the Lord? And I think that's a better question to ask than what can I get away with? Can I do this and still be a Christian? Can I do this and still get to heaven? No, 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 no. What, what can I get rid of in my life that's hindering me from being all out, all, all in? What, what is in my life? I don't care if it's a sin or a distraction or a relationship that's unnecessary that's dragging me the other direction. What is in my life I'm not concerned about what I can get away with. I'm just concerned about giving everything I have to the Lord and not being distracted from the fire. I don't want to take my eyes off the Lord. I want to be in His presence. I want to do what He's called me to do. And I I believe that that's the call for each and every one of us in this room. And if you're watching online, God wants to use you. And He wants you to be defined by Him, by His Spirit. He wants you to be a people of fire. He wants you to have fire in your bones. He wants you to be on fire for him. He wants when people see you, he wants them, he wants himself to shine through you. Jesus, over and over again, he says, you're like a city on a hill. You're like a lamp, a light on a lampstand. Jesus wants you to shine for him. He wants you to be defined by him and his spirit working in you. We're known as the people who are led by fire. And I believe we have to return to seeking his glory and refusing to move until he directs us. And and I I gave us some extra time, so you can't even use that as an excuse. I, I, I shortened the sermon. So we have some time built in to just linger and allow the Holy Spirit of God to rest in this place, to speak to our hearts, to direct our paths. And so we're just going to do that, every head bowed, every eye closed. I know we do this on Wednesday nights, but it it might be uncomfortable for some of you that that don't come on Wednesday nights, but we are going to open up this altar. We just call this space here between the stage and and the first row. We just call that the altar, and and it's just symbolic, but also there's just something powerful about moving from where you are and saying, God, I'm willing to get out of my comfort zone, and I'm willing to to kneel before you and and seek your face. And so if you're comfortable, if you're called, either one, uh, I would encourage you to come here. You can stay where you are. You can pray where you are, but you can also... Uh, make use of this altar to just come before the Lord and to seek his face because I believe that God wants to move